0: I'm hopeful that on all of those levels that you just mentioned, you know, social, spiritual, political, racial, that there can be great growth and change because we've gone through so much pain. And I, I wonder if that, that would actually be potentially the great crime of this time is if humanity on a, on a kind of wider scale didn't, we didn't change.
1: Welcome to Stories and Song. This podcast gives you a different look at your favorite songs from the eyes of the songwriter. We talk to a different songwriter every week about the story behind one of their songs, and we just kind of take the conversation wherever it goes. We've had some great conversations so far, and today is no exception. We are talking to Joel Smallbone from the band for King & Country. Now, Joel and his brother Luke grew up in the music business. Their sister was a musician and artist traveling the world. And when they got older, they decided to form their own band and they've traveled the world and they've won Grammy Awards. And recently they performed at the CMAs with the legendary Dolly Parton. I could go on and on, but I want to get to the conversation with Joel who is calling in from his home in Nashville, Tennessee. Now, normally you would be on the road touring right now, but like so many of us, covid has changed what you do and how you do it, and maybe forever.
0: Yeah. Well, I I remember um, we were uh, we we planned it very well. We were at the, it was the top of the year. We'd taken off three months, and then down to the day uh, we had scheduled a. I think it was March twelfth. We'd scheduled a coast to coast Canadian tour. Um. And we, we were on the bus heading up from Nashville to, I believe it was Ottawa. And um, dad, who manages us, came up from the back lounge uh, as we were watching Dan in real life. And he said, um, hey, uh, the government's just shut down all air travel from Europe and the UK to the United States. and And... You know, and then the next morning we got up, we were doing a a kind of a news spot for the show that night. And we walked in and they had pandemic written on all the screens. And I remember turning to the, to the host that morning and saying to her, Hey, what's actually the difference between, it sounds very naive now. What's actually the difference between a pandemic and an epidemic? And she kind of explained that to me. And then, ah, man, Cheryl, it must have been maybe 48 hours later. We were on a, on the buses. Heading back, trying to sort of get across the border back into the states before they shut the the, the Canadian border down. Um, and uh, really, from that day to this, we've done, not done a lot. We've done a few virtual shows. Um, we're actually playing a virtual show at the Ryman Auditorium, kind of the mother church here in Nashville um, tonight. We've we've played a few drive-in shows, but the, the, our our kind of World, as far as musicians, obviously, like everyone's in different ways, has been flipped yeah. really on its head. And um, so, uh, on a very micro level, my wife and I, we've been, we just celebrated our seventh year oh. wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Seventh year on the seventh day of the seventh month, in fact. How. How OCD and wow. beautiful is that? Yeah, but but we we uh, so we've had more time at home together than ever, and it's just been beautiful, like cooking and walking out Great Dane and just getting into like life. But then you know, there's 40 people that travel with us on the road, and you start like there's such a responsibility we feel as leaders for them. And then you go to a local level, a state level, you know, a national level. We love this country. We're we're immigrants from Australia. You know, we, I just became a citizen not long ago, and so. Yeah it can get overwhelming when you just look at the state of the world going, okay, what, you know, what is my part in it all? And so one of the things we did was we, we kind of turned it uh, towards writing music. So we, we kind of finished up this song together and with a few wonderful collaborations and, got that out to the world as hopefully a a note of encouragement in in such a severe time.
1: Yeah, A lot of people have done that during this time, um, picked up, you know, new skills they've always wanted to learn or maybe picked up old projects that have been on the back burner forever. And now you have time to do it. Have you, uh, have you picked up any um, new skills that you have maybe been wanting to?
0: (laughs) So I, I was homeschooled for 11 of the 12 years of my high school wow. education. Wow. And then, I, and then I started a band. When I should have been going to college, I started a band. And so um, one of the things that I've i realized I never got to be a part of was actually high school sports. Oh, yeah. And, and what comes along with that is like just, you know, working out and physical discipline and all that. And so I've been sort of we – played – we've been active growing up, but I've really wanted to get into just like – it sounds silly, but just actually – understanding muscle groups and working out consistently, like just, you know, I don't want to become the rock or anything, but just, (laughs) just, just to sort of be a bit, bit healthy. And so this is the first time, probably the last two months that I feel like, Hey, I'm actually kind of understanding what this whole thing is all about. And, and, and also equally realizing that how important, like, school and sports and, and all of that is in those formative years to, to kind of build in these disciplines, you know? So I'm going to go with working out uh, we, in answer to that.
1: Yeah, well, and you know, I, I have discovered in in all of this, because I'm more of a runner, and I was a runner, you know, before this all hit, Um, but, you know, I wasn't getting out every day like I wanted to, because sometimes, you know, work gets in the way and you just get busy, and, and so I've had all this time to run and walk, and it's actually super stress relieving i find that Mm. i do my clearest thinking and problem solving when i'm running when my body's in motion and actually my counselor suggested it back when i was first going through my divorce and and just overwhelmed Mm. with hard Mm. emotions to deal with and just like overwhelmed with emotion and there were days you know i just didn't want to get out of bed and and she's like you know when those feeling, when those waves hit you she's like get your body moving and it seems so simple, but it really works. And I think it's no accident that a lot of people have turned to working out during this time because our bodies were meant for motion and it is a natural way mm, to kind of relieve
0: that anxiety. Mm, no doubt, no doubt. And I, man, I don't know about you uh, over in your portion of the country, which is, in my opinion, God's country, but it's um, just so beautiful. But yeah. um, people have been outdoors more than I've ever seen. Here And I love that. Like, I think it's really high time that we, when everything is so digital and so, you know, it's screens and it's, um, you know, buildings and to to reconnect with the planet, reconnect with the earth, I think is one of the great things that humanity desperately needed mm-hmm. and needs going forward to kind of balance it out. And physical exercise, I think, is yeah. a big part of that.
1: I saw something that Matthew McConaughey said um, just earlier this week, he was talking about how this time has been great for his mental health and he's, you know, connected with his family on a deeper level. And then he gave three tips for surviving this pandemic, actually thriving through the pandemic. Uh, One of them was to work up a sweat every day, you know, get out, exercise, or or somehow just work up a sweat every day, go for a drive to nowhere every day, which I I have yet to try (laughs) that one. Yeah. Um, but I'm intrigued, and then well, he
0: has his—he has his, he has his uh, you know, his Lexus or what is that Lincoln campaign. Oh, yeah. So he's—he's he's always driving to like the fjords or something like that. So that makes sense.
1: That does make sense. And then he said, and I love this because it's—it's it's kind of what sparked this whole podcast is have a relationship with music, and I feel wow. like right, it's so simple but so deep because when you get to hear the stories behind the songs, and and I'm the person like, ever since I was a little kid, I would hear songs and I would imagine the stories, right? Like movie scenes would play out in my head when I would hear different songs. And then when I got older and started interviewing artists about what the real stories were behind the songs, those were intriguing as Mm. well. But when, I feel like when you hear the story, the personal story behind a song, it connects you on an emotional level to the music and. I think that's how you have a relationship with music when it means something emotionally to you.
0: I've never heard it put like that, but I, I love that. And I think in, again, an, an, an age and era of, you know, social separation and, you know, political division and even race racial um, isolation or division um, this idea of connecting to, Music, which connects you to an artist, which connects you to other listeners um, that think and act and vote, you know, and look different from you. I think that's a real, that's a very apt, uh, apt yeah. way to put it. And I love, I love that that was in his top three too. How about right. that? Well,
1: yeah. And, and what you just said now about music connecting all of us, I feel like now more than ever is so important because it feels like, are pe- there are forces like dividing us more than ever, and it's real easy to get caught yeah. up in
0: that. Well, and yeah, I mean, think about it, Cheryl. I mean, w- what other level <laughs> of separation could you create in, in in any kind of scenario? You've got physical, you know, isolation, a separation. Mm-hmm. You've got you've got this. You've got racial division, mm-hmm. and you've got political division. You know, I mean, what else is there? I mean, I Well could, I can add could... one.
1: Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Didn't okay. mean that.
0: You know, go for it. Well what's the, the, what's the what's the other one?
1: The one I would add would be um spiritual because I have yes. never seen Christian. You know, you, you know, you grew up in the church and 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 as did I, yep. we're both people of faith. I have never yep. seen Christians at each other's throats like lately. And it's so disheartening.
0: You know, here's an interesting thought though for you, Cheryl. I, I said to someone the other day, I said, Hey Let's just let's just create an alternate scenario Mm -hmm. and let's have we'll divide up the pandemic into one year. We'll we'll put the tragedy of, you know, uh, Brianna and George Floyd and Mm -hmm. Ahmaud Arbery in one year. And then we'll put the political American political season in another year Mm -hmm. Um, or we'll put them all in one like we are facing. And honestly, I would come to, and maybe you add in that, let's just add that spiritual um, kind of turmoil as well into it. I, I would actually say, and, and I say this with all the reverence and respect in the world for those that are struggling through it, as we all are, but, but give it to us all now and in one spot, because if it was paced out too separated, I don't think we would feel what we need to feel. I don't think we would feel the empathy that we need to feel for you know, someone of a different color or a different train of thought. I don't think we would feel the loss of a friend losing a loved one to this virus or the fear of another friend who has an immune disorder if, if it weren't all kind of piled in. And I think I'm, I'm hopeful that on all of those levels that you just mentioned, you know, social, spiritual, political, racial, that there can be great growth and change because we've gone through so much pain. And I I wonder if that that would actually be potentially the great crime of this time is if humanity on a on a kind of wider scale didn't we didn't change. You know, we didn't become more graceful, more connected to the planet, more more understanding of someone who thinks or acts different from us. You know, if we just kind of isolate it even further, I think that would be the great tragedy of of this 2020 uh, struggle that we face.
1: It's definitely instilled a lot more empathy in me, Um, Mm. you know, earlier in like with so many people being laid off due to COVID-19 and um, you know I was laid off earlier this year from a job that I'd had for 18 years and I had never ever gone through the unemployment system or anything like that and now all of a sudden like I'm doing all this stuff that I've never done before and it's just giving me this whole new empathy for people that live from paycheck to paycheck and they lay awake at night stressing over how they're going to pay the bills and I mm-hmm. actually, in a weird way, am, am really thankful.
0: There's a, there's a, there was a statement by someone, on I'm slipping me who said it, but that it's talking about the Western culture and how, and this probably ties in a little bit on the spiritual level as well, but we love um, accolades, um, accumulation, um, and there was a third A. It was accolades, accumulation, and ascent that we love rising, we love being recognized and we love, you know, accumulating things instead of, instead of these other things, like bringing yourself low to raise someone up or, you know, giving things away instead of, instead of, you know, accumulating them, you know, um, it's it's this reverse, and it's funny because I think what you're saying, and a lot of I've faced it even like in the simplicity of this thing, and maybe even Matthew McConaughey has faced it. Yeah. It's in the it's in it's getting away from the rat race and going, you know what? Let me actually just give a little more, maybe more attentive to my family, more attentive to God, more attentive to my own well being, more attentive to those around me, more attentive to social or political issues. That that there's actually um, in bringing yourself low that there's actually um, some kind of healing and peace strangely that comes along with it.
1: Well, yeah. And I feel like it's all part of the process of getting back to your authentic self without all these things Mm. that we think we need to present to the world. But like you start stripping those things away and you're able to get back to like who you Mm. are really like deep inside. There's been a lot of letting go, um, for yep. for me this year, and one of the things, surprisingly enough, through all of this, like I mentioned, the you know the the just the fights between Christians and just like friends and family. I don't know if this has happened to you, but for me, you know, I have a very diverse and wide range of friends and family, and I've had to really put aside my need to be right and to prove my Mm -hmm. point, because I've noticed that the more we do that, uh, the more the other person pushes back with equal, if not greater force. And then eventually you're fighting each other so much, your eye is off like the bigger thing, like the people that are maybe gaining from us being distracted with fighting. If that makes any sense.
0: No, it does. I mean, you face that, um, I faced that a lot in some of my closest relationships you know you wow. and and you you know it 's funny you get to a point where you almost forget what you were even arguing about you know? right. it 's like the argument actually becomes the thing like being right becomes the thing versus like you know uh, well this is actually I feel very strongly about this this specific issue i mean look i think there there are certain areas where you know someone said recently like we can 't we can't afford to just be apathetic towards racism anymore. We have to be anti-racism. And, and, you know, your uncle makes some sort of off-color joke at the table and you need to kick him under the table and like you let him know that that's not okay. But So there's certain yeah. areas that I think there's a line in that stand where you go, hey, no, this is something that – this is not a laughing matter or something that needs to be made light of. But at the same time, grace, you know, grace for one another. And, right. and listening.
1: So what yeah. do you have a personal story behind together? I mean, we've actually been talking a lot about it and been very <laughs> personal about um, yeah. seeing past differences and loving each other, you know, um, despite yeah. those differences. But was there a personal story that led to the writing of this song?
0: I, I have had, Cheryl, I have had a lot of reflection time in general, you know, oh. as we all have over yeah. the last six, five, six months. I've also had a lot of reflection time since the release of that song to reflect. And I will I will go on record, I don't think I've said this before, but I will go on record of saying, and, and we have a hard time writing songs in general, but that song, out of any song in our career, was the hardest song to complete and bring to life. And there were so many times when it was almost... Speaking of put in the grave, it was almost kind of put in the grave of you know just dead, dead, uncomplete, incomplete songs that never found it found its way. And and if it weren't in some ways, you know, for maybe the pandemic, it certainly wouldn't have had the life that it's had. But but I know I don't know if we would have put it out at least in the way we did. Um, so yeah, there is, there is a story. I mean, it, it started almost two years ago where it was, we started the kind of, the very basic idea and it started on a very micro, again, level where it was, I was writing with a, a, a brother pair of writers out in California and Luke was actually phoning in for the writing session. He was with his son, his two sons back in Nashville and he was actually driving with them. Um, and he thought he had himself on mute in the middle of the session, and he and his boys—they were, you know, three and five at the time. So they were sort of fooling around in the back of the, the car. And he turned around and he said, "Boys, you are brothers. You, 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 you know, you need to stick together. Like this is—you need to fight through these issues. But you need to find common ground. You need to stick together. And and again, we're hearing this, you know, two thousand miles away in California." as we're in the middle of this writing session, as writing as brothers with two brothers, as he's talking to two brothers. So wow. there's three pairs of brothers in this, in this situation. And we kind of looked at each other and we went, there's something to that. And, and, and so we started the song and then we tried to, we were actually really wanting to put it on Burn the Chips as as the album. We just couldn't, just wasn't right. And then we started playing it live and it was okay. Like there was some really good moments. I remember one night we had the Sunday, Kanye West's uh, gospel choir, the Sunday service choir. They were playing in the same town as us in Texas and Houston.
1: Wow.
0: And they came to the show and, and they all left the show that night. And they, they, they said out of all the 20 songs we'd played through that night, they said, man, there's something really special about that one. Um, uh, and and in turn, we actually had a portion of the gospel choir sing on the track um, at the beginning of the year, and then fast so so that was that we we're playing it live. It was unreleased. Then fast forward to this year, uh, January twenty sixth. Um, it was the Grammy Awards. The same day, um, Kobe Bryant passed. So it was a very conflicted day because we're in California. We're about to, we're nominated for two awards. We're about to go to the Staples Center, the, you know, the house that Kobe built. Yeah. We just found, Luke's. it was a big Lakers fan. We just found out that morning that Kobe had passed. Yeah. And then we were very fortunate to win these two awards. And sandwiched in between our awards was the gospel category. And Kirk Franklin won both of his awards. And so we were like the first people to see each other as he walked off stage. Uh, and we walked off stage. And so... He he, kind of said to us, you know, hey, put us on the collab list. Yeah. Um, and we, we, you know, got, if you don't know much about, for those of you who don't know about Cook, frankly, he's kind of the godfather of gospel music and, and the yeah. great man. And so four days later, I called him. And if you can believe it, I was on my way to a, um, uh, to a music cruise. We were playing on a music cruise, which, you know, what are those? In? Yeah. Right. At this point in 2020, right? And, and I called him and I said, hey, I sent him the, the kind of unfinished track. And I said, dude, would you be interested in coming on board with this track with us? And he said, man, not only would be interested, I'm going to bring my gospel choir. So there's two gospel choirs. And I'm going to write, he wrote this whole other section. And then finally, the, the final kind of beautiful providential moment in this thing I was actually basically standing where I am standing in my home right now. Um, Mariah and I are friends with Tori Kelly and her husband, Andre. And um, she'd come to a show in California last year, which would played one of these unreleased versions of together. So I sent her the updated version with Kirk on it. And I said, Hey, Tori, would you, you know, there there feels like there's a place for a really strong female voice and identity on this track. Would you sing on it? And, Three days later, she'd sent back her vocal, and um, and we recorded a music video in isolation. But it was just one of it's one of those tracks and songs where there's such a strange journey to it, and if we any step of the way, it almost didn't exist. And I'm just very grateful to the people and the producers and the artists and everyone that kind of believed to bring it to. Where
1: it is today. It sounds like it was completely a group effort, and that is fitting considering the message of the song. I think it's perfect. Mm. Mm. We need each other. Yeah. Yeah. And here we go it's together from For King and Country on Stories and Song. One,
2: two, three, four. This is for the busting hearts. This is for the question marks. This is for the outcast soul. Lost control, no one knows. Single for the can't go back. Single for the broken past. Single for the just found out. Life is now upside down. If you're looking for hope tonight, raise your hand. Hey. Stay For the loved in vain overcame It's not too late If you're looking for hope tonight, raise your hand If you feel alone and don't understand, yeah. If you're fighting in the fight, of your- Together with our differences Together we are bolder Braver Stronger
1: Such a great song and such a timely message too. Together from For King and Country on Stories and Song Thank you again to Joel Smallbone for a great conversation. In fact we had such a good time talking. We continued talking and uh, we had a big conversation about their song God Only Knows. We'll be featuring that for you as an upcoming episode on Stories and Song in a couple of weeks Thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, hit subscribe. And please share stories and song with your friends. Until next time, every story has a song. Every song has a story.